Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericbabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art, celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericbabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericpabone.com. And we're back for the fourth and final installment of Across the Universe on this Masters of the Cinematic Universe musical edition. Hopefully you've been singing along with us. Um, I know the last couple songs, me and Eric have actually been singing too, so hopefully it's not messing up the experience for you. Oh, it's bad, bad. I can't wait to uh, listen to it sober. Oh my one God. One of us is, is not on beat. I won't say which one. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when we left, um, JoJo was looking like he wanted to go find Sadie. Sadie was looking like she wanted to go find JoJo. Lucy was done with Jude, and Jude was slumped on the floor. Um, and Max, you know, he's at war, but last time we saw him, he was getting pretty fucked up there. Uh, so we're going to continue on now. Um, Jude doesn't really know what to do at this point, so he uh, he takes off and gets on a subway, which I'm, I'm wondering, is that a thing you do in New York, like when you don't really have anything to do or you don't know what to do, you just ride the subway? Sure. Sometimes, yeah. Absolutely. It's a head yeah. clearer. Okay, I could see that. And uh, not only does he uh, go across New York, but he also goes across the universe with this song. (laughs) Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup they slither while they pass, they slip away across the universe. Pools of sorrow, waves of joy are drifting through my open mind, possessing and caressing me. Change my world 
I gotta um, say, and I understand ahead of time here, before I say this, I understand the reason why, and I understand it, how it needed to be, um, and aside from the whole uh, Mr. Kite bullshit earlier, I really don't have very many criticisms for this movie, but I don't personally like the overlay of those two songs, and that when they, when they actually overlay. I don't mind if, it, if one started, goes into the next, and ends that way, but when they're singing them at the same time, they don't really match up tempo and camber yeah. and all, all. It just it doesn't work for me. Um, I understand why they did it, because they wanted to like have the, 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 the kind of give and take of it. It's just I didn't mm -hmm. like it. Um, also, I don't like that the title song is sharing a spot with another song. Like, this is fucking called Across the Universe. How are you going to give make this share a song with Helter Skelter, which you already put in the beginning of the movie? <laughs> Unfair. Yeah, I just, that's that's what I mean. It's not a real criticism of the movie. It's just something I just don't as much mm -hmm. care for. That's Especially fair, when they've man. done so much like goodwill through this whole movie. That's true. I, I don't I don't mind admitting to you that this was more tears for me. This was oh, yeah. more let it be tears, especially showing homeboy in Vietnam. And, and, you know, we, we touched a little bit on everything that's actually going on in the world, but to me, 
and maybe I'm reading too deeply into this, or maybe this is exactly what they um, were trying to put across. You have those women at the very end of that song sort of falling backwards into the water. Yeah. And, you know, it's sort of interspliced with footage of him, like, shooting his, his machine gun and it wide-eyed and afraid and in the jungle. Yeah. And it felt like his character was in a position where he was killing women or women and children which was common in in vietnam and at least that's how it read to me and it was fucking horrifying to think about and to watch the same vibe yeah and it was it was kind of devastating man like it, it just you talked about like how deep and how artistic and how emotional this movie is like that was one of those moments that really got me you know really kind of cut into my fucking he's just a boy playing war (laughs) yeah yeah and um you know and then then intercut that with you know the protesters at columbia trying to like tell them they don't want to go you know Mm -hmm. everyone's getting arrested jude gets his head smashed down um which is based on real events i mean that riots did happen yeah, and then Columbia the whole like the crazy yeah. like uh, when they recorded Sadie and then played it in reverse or here looked insane. I know, right? Right? I know. Yeah. Um, but it, overall, it, it, it's a very powerful, moving scene. I just the music wise, it just drew me off because it's like they shouldn't overlap those two songs. Like they don't match. Those two songs don't match key. They don't match. Yeah. Uh, speed. It's just I wish they would have played across the universe. Up to the point they played it, and then when Helter Skelter came in, they just let the cross universe go till the very end, and then brought it back into the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that would just be more clean um, of a transition. It's all about the duality of man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Um, That's heavy, Doug. It's the Jungian thing. As the song ends, like Eric was saying, we see the the Vietnamese women dancing, and then they're just floating in the water, uh, which I'm assuming means they're dead. Um, Jude sits in a jail cell. Uh, we get a couple flashes, and everyone kind of gets out but him. He's the last person in there, um, at which point his father comes to visit him and uh, breaks the news that the police aren't going to press charges, but he's being sent back to England. He doesn't have really any proof that he's his son, so yeah, it's kind of hard for him to do it, and he doesn't really want to open that can of worms you know, anyway. So, Right. Um, Jude does go back to England. Um, and as he's getting there, he encounters his old girlfriend, Molly, but she's now pregnant. And guess who the father is? <laughs> <laughs> the exact person he didn't want to be the father. Exactly. But uh, she asked, he asked her, when did they get together? And he said, literally like a couple weeks after you stopped writing me. Yeah. And then she asked, uh, what was her name? And he says it was Lucy. Um, now we get another kind of like a sad scene because it's, the realism of coming back from war in this time, you know, frame. I mean, it's probably this coming back any time frame, but especially in this one, you know, how they treated, you know, people coming back with PTSD uh, and, you know, injuries. So I'm going to play another song here for you guys. She's not a girl. Much. Oh, yeah. She's well acquainted with the touch of the velvet hand Like a lizard on a windowpane 
in the crowd with the multicolored mirrors on his hobnail boots. Lying with his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime. A soap impression of his wife, which he ate and donated to the National Trust. I'll be here same time next week, okay? see Lucy sitting by Max's bedside at a VA. Um, Max starts to sing the song, Happiness is a Warm Gun. As the song picks up, there's a whirling dervish in the hospital, which is really weird. That's um, the uh, choreographer. Oh, that is? That's him okay. doing that. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so yeah. he's whirling out of the room as the veterans start to compulse. Um, then we get some like stripper nurses. Now this is the cameo I was That's wondering if you noticed. Selma Hayek. It's Selma yeah. fucking Hayek. Yeah. Like, like twenty what times. The hell? <laughs> and she yeah, I was like, she actually came up with the idea of it being her. They were going to use like her and other actors. And she yeah. said, "Why can't why can't all the nurses be me?" <laughs> yeah. So she filmed. She filmed like I don't know how many six or eight different scenes. And yeah, yeah. That's that, confidence, man. Oh, she's fucking yeah. hot. Yeah, we're kind she of can't act away out of a paper bag, but she's got good ideas. <laughs> yeah, no, she's fucking Seriously, hot. Seriously, if you watch The Eternals, she can't oh, act God. away out of a paper bag. No, but in Dogma, though, I liked her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yes. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so she, she can play that character because um, she's basically the drug. Like, Yep, yep. And uh, they uh, sh- shoot them all up with morphine. As the beds rise up, they all get shot up with that morphine and they're feeling good. Um, 
To me, that was one of the coolest scenes in this movie is when he gets shot up with the morphine and sort of rises out of the bed. Yeah, yeah. During that yep. that big dramatic, yeah. Like, yeah, and that's this is this is uh, what's his name, Joe Anderson. Yeah. To me, that's his best vocal performance in the movie. Like, yeah. oh yeah, he's on point with that. The range is fantastic. He actually auditioned. He was gonna audition for Jude, but then told. Um, the director that no, I, I feel right for for Max, and I don't want to. I don't want to be Jude. So yeah, no, he wouldn't. He was made, right. He's a he British dude right too. Um, yeah. So after we leave that hospital, we go to a rally, and Lucy's on a, in a phone booth talking to her mom. Her mom's pleading her to be careful, begs her to stop being involved in these protests. Shit's getting kind of out of hand. Um, while she's kind of like defending herself saying I can handle myself to her mother a fight breaks out um, a bullet hits the phone booth uh, and Lucy says she has to go and then hangs at the phone and uh, she screams as some protesters are getting like mauled by a dog and shit it's, it's getting kind of rough you know yeah but she's it, still she's like still fully in oh yeah she's, you know, she's not I mean, ready she's to still, leave yet yeah she's still fully into this thing uh, now we get another for some reason, they, they decided at this point to start combining songs a lot. Yeah. So we got a three-songer right here. Uh, this is probably one of the longest ones in the movie, but it's also one of my favorite songs is in here. So, like, although they don't do the words, so I might treat you to those words that aren't there that should have been there. Do it. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, here we go. <laughs> the other side of drop bombs.
out of bed and pulled a comb across my I just want that part of the, I wanted to fucking do the day in life like my favorite Beatles song and all I get is a guitar solo well so there was a big for me a bigger cameo than Salma Hayek in oh I didn't think she was a life. big one I just thought she was one that you might not notice no, no I know but did you notice the cameo in that part of it uh, who was playing the guitar solo oh I did not notice that was, was that Jeff George Beck. Harrison? Nope, that was Jeff Beck. Oh, was it? Oh, shit. Yep. I, I, I thought it was JoJo. <laughs> I know. It, it's similar style, but um, that was Jeff Beck. Yeah, that was... He He, he wanted to do that, so they oh, got him cool. to do it. And, um, yeah, Blackbird, I that makes yeah. me cry every time I fucking hear that song. I love Blackbird also. It's a double whammy for me because of this movie. The song itself gets me. This movie gets me. But then... Um, the Cirque du Soleil show Beatles love. Yeah. Like I openly weep when they play the song because of, of the performance. Yeah. It's hard to describe, but it involves a, a, a remote control tricycle with little kids, <laughs> rain boots pedaling and you oh. hear the kid giggling and shit. Oh and no. It's, and they, they're projecting stuff up on a screen with the blackbirds flying in like silhouette and shit. I, I openly weep at that. And, and, yeah. that, and we've seen it four times every time. Lose wow. my shit. So that song is a definite trigger for me. <laughs> um, that version of it, too, is just so, like, eerie feeling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because, I mean, the regular one is still a beautiful song, but that version's just got this weird, like, kind of, like, uh, like I said, it's like an ambience to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah it, hang, it hangs for a long time. It's not that ding 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 like the quick guitar playing part on the on the original. It's just yeah, because you're locked into that finger picking pattern on the original. It's got like that that sea shanty feel to it, like yeah, yeah. And then her voice just is 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 eerie, eerie and haunting, haunting, eerily haunting over it. Oh yeah, yep. But it's fan fucking tastic, and of course it comes after Day in the Life, which is my favorite Beatles song. So. Uh, which I really wish we would have got the words on. You know? <laughs> now I won't know how many holes it takes to fill the Albert Hall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So, uh, during that, uh, Lucy sinks down into her telephone booth singing It's Going to Be All Right. We get TV shots of the D.C. protest and the Pentagon protest um, while Max is at the VA watching it. Uh we get, you know, Dane Life comes on. Uh, Lucy heads back to the old protest headquarters and she goes upstairs to find, you know, Paco is actually a terrorist making bombs upstairs. Yeah. Uh, 
Lucy said she thought the other side dropped bombs and then the door closes. It's kind of ambiguous as if she left or if she's still there at this point. Um, they don't really show if she like left the place or she just closed the door behind her in the room. Um, we see Jude back in, uh, in, in uh, Liverpool. He gets off of work and he grabs a newspaper and on the, on the cover story he sees that the place where the headquarters of the protesters was it blew up in a bomb-making accident. Um, so his world blows up. That's when the, the major climax of a day in the life hits too. Like it's a perfect timing for it. Yeah. Um, now Jude's again sitting alone on the beach. Um, and uh, we get Lucy and Max at that same wharf area where, where Jude drew the picture of Lucy on the wall way earlier in the movie. Um, and she sings Blackbird. And it's this beautiful, beautiful rendition of it. And um, we, we, we flash back over to Liverpool and Jude is getting back into his routine. He's going to work and then after work he's sitting at a pub, you know, having a pint. And uh, simultaneously, Max is at a bar having a beer. And uh, the way this next song plays out is kind of cool because, you know, they look in the mirror and picture the other person with them. So that both of them are kind of like having a drink together, even though they're really not. Um, and, you know, we get the song, of course, you have to get because the main character's name is Jude. How could you not have this song in this movie? <laughs> and it's so good. It's it so is. good. Here we go. Hey Jude, don't make it bad Take a sad song and make it better Remember to let her into your heart Then you can start to make it better Hey Jude don't be afraid You were made to go out and get her The minute you let her under your skin Then you begin to make it better Anytime you feel the pain
don't look too messed up. Yeah, well, everything below the neck works fine. Does she know? Uh-uh. You didn't tell her? Nope. Yeah. So <laughs> there was something so magical about when he recognizes Jude. It's the part yes. in the song where he goes, Jude, 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 Jude. Yeah. <laughs> Love <laughs> that, man. It was so perfect, and because it was like real. Yeah. yeah. Like they 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 played that so well, the two of them, as you know, that the emotion was real. The re the reuniting and yeah. You know, I like Crash Can Dude too. Right? <laughs> Even Drunk Guy saying hey, Yeah. Yeah. Um I know the kids even the kids surrounding him and singing it when yeah. he was walking towards I mean I, the whole the whole thing. The whole damn thing was perfect. It was really um, great. It's emotional and then, you know, man. Cousin Brucey at the end, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that Beatles music uh, as it's just timeless and emotional and that song in particular, I remember being the perfect age and there was a radio station in our town that was going under it was going changing format so it was their last night on the air and they played hey jude for fucking like 12 hours straight <laughs> good lord and we That's were great. we were all a little drunk and we were just we had the radio on all night long and just singing hey jude for fucking hours and and uh. yeah just it's one of those things that takes me back man like this this movie and the the music and it's it just ties in beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Max picks him up at the airport or not the airport? Sorry, fucking the boat port. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's ecstatic to see him. You know, he's got his taxi that he almost ran over fucking Jojo with earlier. Uh, and they're going to go see uh, uh, Sadie's show on top of the uh, building. Um, Lucy yeah. doesn't know that he's there, so that's kind of like going to be a surprise. Um, might want to check with her first before coming all that way, you know, just to be <laughs> sure. She was pretty pissed last time you saw her. Um, we get the uh, recreation of that famous Beatles rooftop concert now. Uh, that was... Was that the last like thing they ever played? The Beatles? Yeah. That was the last live concert they ever did. That's what I thought. Yeah, that was like the that last concert they did. Yes. How long the last after time that they was, played together? Live. Wasn't John Lennon like assassinated like shortly after that? No. That no, was, it was way that later. That was 71 or 70 and he died in 80. Oh, okay. For it some was reason long, I was thinking they were close together. It was long past that, yeah. All right, so yeah. So we get that famous recreation of that, and we get the song, uh, Don't Let Me Down, so I won't. My broadcast from the top of the world with... Don't let me down. Is that Sazy? You got that right. Oh, <laughs> shit, we're late. Don't
music i know but you need your permits i mean the beatles got the same shit they got shut down too that's some bullshit hating you know. ass cops hate yeah. ass cops didn't they know that they're bigger than jesus <laughs> that's true that's what john said at least Doug, to me better, what did your brother have to say about that i listen they're bigger than jesus to me so that's all that matters. <laughs> he was pissed yeah. yeah yeah so uh unaware that jude is back in town Lucy was invited by Max to come to that concert also. Um, just as she's about to press the buzzer to get in the building, she sees that the strawberry logo that Jude designed for Sadie. And for some reason, like, old memories come back to her, and I guess that pain comes back, and she just decides to leave um, and starts to walk away. Max and Jude, however, are up on the roof. They reunite with Prudence, and it's a nice, happy moment. They ask where Lucy is. Of course, she's not there. Um, then, you know, the hate and ass police come up there and start to break up the concert as the crowd starts to grow. Um, now, they're taking everybody off the roof, but, uh, you know, Jude kind of, like, hides off to the side. So when the roof's left empty, you know, he sees a microphone, and you only get one chance. So he starts talking about mom's spaghetti and, <laughs> How fucked up would that be? Ding, 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 ding. He's ding, like, ding, 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 ding. palms are sweaty. <laughs> Something about mom's spaghetti. <laughs> oh, that, that's if I remade this, I would do that just because it'd be hilarious. <laughs> like, imagine if like you made like this as a parody movie and like yeah. that was. The, like, <laughs> but she still has to react the same way, like touched yeah. and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Ah. So here we go. There's nothing you can do that can't be done Nothing you can sing that can't be sung Nothing you can say but you can learn how to play the game What the hell was that? There's nothing you can make that can't be made No one you can save that can't be saved Nothing you can do, but you can learn how to be you in time. It's easy. All you need is love. All you need is love. All you need is love. Love. Love is all you need. 
Hey, kid, get your ass out of here! Come on, come on, out of my way. Let's go. There's nothing you can know that can't be known. Nothing you can see that isn't shown. Nowhere you can be that isn't where you're meant to be. It's easy. Makes you fucking feel good. What a feel good episode, man. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, what a feel good movie that made me cry for eight straight hours. <laughs> <laughs> During that, uh, you know, um, Jude's up on the roof singing the song. Lucy hears him and she tries to get back to the building, but the police won't let her in. So she walks across the street, gets on the roof of this building across the street, and they're just staring at each other. And, you know, love is all they need at the end. Um, and, uh, God, it just so feels good. And, you know, when he looks across the street, you know what he sees? <laughs> what does he see? He sees Lucy in, in the this sky, sky with yes. diamonds. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Lucy in the sky. So since this plays over the credits, I figure we should play it over the credits, too. Very nice. So, uh, God. I just want to sing it, though, like the thing. You sound emotionally exhausted. I'm a late sky. And I can relate See, to that. I think the reason I can sing the Beatles because I had Beatles rock band, and I learned how to sing every song so I can, like, because you know you, you get the thing going up and down like get the perfect scores ah, I, I would play the guitar parts the bass parts the drum parts and sing at the same time like I would pick one of the instruments and then sing while I was playing it because it's so much fucking fun that sounds like fun man I can't wrap my head around some of McCartney's bass lines and being able to sing at the same time that just breaks yeah. my brain yeah yeah well he also played piano too yeah, yeah yes yeah. very well so I mean it's just Fuck, man. Like, they're so talented. Such great songwriters, too. And it's just little things that when the song's like... Yes. You hear, like... In the verses, like... 
they don't need to be there, but they're there. Like little walk downs on the guitars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or like on um Don't Let Me Down in the in the verses, you hear that the little walks and stuff and the little like arpeggiated right, parts. Right. And it's just it's what makes it so fucking good. I agree. The Beatles pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. But I mean there's a difference between like being like popular and like, you know, making a lot of music that, you know, and then actually being good. Cuz there's a lot of bands that were just popular and like they didn't necessarily have like great musicianship. They just wrote catchy songs that people listened to. Right. This band had like great musicianship and amazing songwriting like mm-hmm. between them. Now here's a complete package. Here's a film question for you related to this movie. Do you think this movie would have been as effective if they had used music from another band? No. If they told the same story, it wouldn't even been made. It'd been yeah. super hard to do that just because the, yeah. the well the thing with the Beatles is the diversity of the catalog. Like, there's a diverse enough catalog because it's written by four different people to like cover that. I don't even think like what other bands could even have like a, a big enough catalog, let alone a diverse enough catalog to cover it. No, uh, it's, you could. It's tough. You could. You could. Zeppelin maybe. If you took no. Because I mean, all their I, music is so similar. If you took it is, yeah. all of the bands from the 60s and took Maybe, songs yeah. from each band, you could plug it in and make it work, but it wouldn't be as good. The thing is, the Beatles represented the 60s from the start to the finish of the 60s. They yeah. were the, the storytellers, you know, the preeminent storytellers of that decade. So, you know, their evolution. I mean, look... I, I like the Stones, I like the Who, but their music is the same. Every yeah. out, it it, it, pro, it well, that's why progresses I said Zeppelin, and Zeppelin evolves. Zeppelin did have have a couple songs that were just completely different from everything else. Yes, they did. They they all evolved, but nobody evolved as much as the Beatles yeah. in that they decade, and changed and went with the flow and the times. You know, well, from, I don't know if they went with the flow and times or they created the flow and the times. Well, no, that's true. They did. You're one hundred percent right. They were they recognized the, the changes before they yeah. happened, and and just acted on them. So yeah. I mean that did, 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 there's no more influential rock band ever. Yeah, I, I I I don't think anyone else could have done it. Like just no, I don't think it's possible. Nope. <laughs> there you have it, man. Did you guys watch Get Back the documentary? I, I got through about that. half of it. Okay. No, yeah. it's it's a it's a haul, Eric. I agree. Yeah. It, it's it's he could have done it in four instead of six or however many hours or five. But um, it's so cool to see their process. Yeah. You know, because that's what you get as a musician. You see the the songwriting process and how it evolved and how many different versions of so many songs that we know existed that evolved into what we hear on the albums. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you also get a really cool dynamic of what caused the band to break up. Yeah, and it, it's not what it's you on th- my it's on my list to watch. I just oh yeah, you know you need time. And you need some time to do it, Joe. But yeah. the thing about the breakup is it's not what you remember thinking it was. It like, kind of know, kind of vindicates uh, Yoko a little bit. A lot, a yeah. lot. Yeah. I, I, she's still a nutbag, but <laughs> she was not the reason. It was almost more more McCartney. Yeah, he yeah. was an arrogant, pompous ass. Was oh, yeah. he was? 
And he, and he, was? And he was well, yes, that's well, that's true. He probably still is. Yeah. But um, yeah, he was he was a bit of a dick. <laughs> And he would talk over people and just push his ideas over everyone else's. And that's why George Harrison quit during that session. He yeah. fucking walked out and he was never coming back. They had to beg him to come back. So anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I also kind of want to do like um, Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club. I was now. thinking about that too. We got to <laughs> wait a while now. Yeah. But because that is so this bad. It's, but that's so bad. It's good. I know. It's so uh, I saw that in theaters, dudes. But fucking I, the Bee Gees, Aerosmith, like right? No, no, it was so over the top. It was so crazy. It was so stinky bad. It was yeah. just fun <laughs> to fucking watch. Like when I looked at the the credits, like the IMD cast credits, the yeah. second called person was my private bass instructor, Barry Gibb. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. So like that's so great. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we got to do something uh, very important right now on this on this episode. And I think I already know how this is going to lean. So let's just get this, this out of the way. So yeah, let's do, do it. I am a movie critic by trade. And until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. If the movie stinks, just don't go. You love me. You really love me. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? All right, so who wants to blow this first? (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious to hear what Eric has to say in his current state. Oh, boy. Um... Yeah, it was it was a really emotional watch for me, man. I uh, you can't argue against the impact that the music has, obviously. But again, just to restate, I'm so impressed with how they were able to weave a tale within the confines of the lyrics of these songs. Because ultimately, you have this framework that you can, you know, there there's limitations. The words are what they are. So how do we make this work and how do we, you know, weave a plot out of this yeah so always been really impressed with that um obviously a stunning visual movie moved me to tears several times it's a goodie boys it's a real goodie uh i'm gonna give this movie a 4.4 out of 5 um a very very high score (sighs) again if i'm looking for weaknesses in it for me some of the hippie stuff, some of the Bono stuff, some of the <laughs> Eddie Izzard stuff. Yeah. Uh, not my favorite. Other than that, I loved it. And uh, yeah, just just a fucking treasure of a film. Dougie? Oh, same, 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 same. I mean, I... I it's... So I, I, I rank... You know, like Back to the Future and and Fight Club as cinematically near perfect movies. I mean, j- film. You know, 
a study in film. This is almost that because there are there, we've already talked about the scenes that shouldn't be there or could have done without. So it's not perfect, but as as Eric said, I mean, it's so visually beautiful and so stunning and so well crafted, and the choreography is probably one of the best choreographed movies I've ever watched because I do dig musicals. Like I can watch a good musical. Um, so all that said, you know, this is a 4.5 for me, you know, because nice. there are some issues, but I, I can't go lower than that. So, oh. yep. This is a beautiful movie. <laughs> like, yep. It, it, it's beautiful. It touches you like, and knowing me, the way people know me, like from this show, I like trash comedy, like. I don't necessarily need beauty in my shit. I just need it to be trashy and funny. But for some reason, this movie in particular speaks to my soul. Um, I remember the first time I watched it, and I've watched it so many times. I watched it three times today, Just and I only took notes on one time. And even though this is a two-hour-plus movie, I didn't feel like... And I have, like, eight pages of notes. I didn't feel like I was really taking that like notes like it wasn't some movies you know I'm like fuck I gotta get through this I gotta get through this I gotta get through this I felt like just good every time and I think it might have had something to do with the fact that I was listening to great music while I was doing it so like you know it 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 helps um like Eric said like to weave a plot using songs that are so varied and not just a plot, but a plot that makes sense and a plot that like touches you and like reaches out to you. And yep. they didn't change the lyrics to the songs. Like they used the actual lyrics and made it work. And like the choreography, the just visual feast that this movie gives you. Like if, even if you're not into the music visually, this catches you. If you're not into visuals, musically, this catches you. Yep. If you're not into that, like emotionally, it catches you. Like, there's just so much good going on. Yes, they could have done without the the Eddie Izzard scene. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was the Beatles. Like, they had to go through that phase. Like, they were going through their entire career arc, basically, from beginning to end. So, to leave that out, I, you know, although maybe for, like, me, it's not as entertaining, it's probably important story-wise to get that in there also. So, yes. I'll give them credit for that. And they made it cool because they, they didn't just do a scene. They did it in a very unique way with... I mean, it wasn't, like, to me, the coolest thing, but I thought, you know, it's interesting how they use that that film style. It's very prevalent to, you know, English comedy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the whole Monty Python thing. And, you know, I kind of liked Eddie Izzard phoning it in because, like, <laughs> I like people who are lazy at their jobs. So, <laughs> although I don't think it was necessarily, nece- like, a necessity to the movie. And, yes, we, this might have made this a three-part ins- episode instead of a four-part episode if we got rid of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd rather them give me something extra that I don't need than them be missing something that I would have needed to complete it. Um, I, I'm probably going to go like a 4.7 on this movie, honestly. Nice. Cause I just I just think it's so well made. And it doesn't really have many weaknesses. Oh, I look, I'm with you. Ticks all the boxes. Ticks them pretty damn good, man. It, and there's very few movies on our lists that we have multi-selected. Basically, like, where two of us were, like, picking the same movie. And this was one yeah. of those ones that fell into a me and Doug were picking this movie. One of us was doing this movie. Right. Yeah. Right. So this movie was going to get done regardless. 
Yep. So. Well, that that's a very high cumulative score. That cracks our top us. ten. That's yeah. number nine. That's number yeah. eight on our list. Yeah, I, I I'd recommend anybody to watch this movie. Right behind Fight Club. Yeah. But I mean, that's some lofty company. It it yeah it's for into. a movie that most people haven't heard of. That's the right. crazy part. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, if you say Fight Club, anyone like to anybody, yeah. Oh, right. rule number one: don't talk about Fight Club. Love um, it or hate it, they get it. They know right. it. Like, if you say, "Have you seen a crossover?" What's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, every that, movie, like, every movie in the top in our top ten, with the exception of Across the Universe and No Country for Old Men, is a movie that everybody knows. Yeah, so you know, what I mean, it's just that they're all blockbusters. Everybody knows them, so. You know. That's a statement when you can do that. When like you can be so unknown yeah. and so good. Yep. Um, yep. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just happy we did this. Like, I feel good after watching this movie. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, see, uh, I can I can have a feel good ending, but along yes. the way, just give me some tension. There you so go. I want just a little bit of tension here and there to kind of string it out. Ticked all the boxes for you, bud. Yeah. I don't feel um, good, man. I've been fucking crying all day. <laughs> I know, right? Only it's reason so I cried crazy. is because because you two were crying. <laughs> <laughs> if you were, if you didn't tell me I cried at the scene, I probably wouldn't have cried at it. But because yeah. you told me you cried at it, I was like, "Fuck!" Uh-huh. No, I feel bad for Eric's crying at it. And I'm gonna oh cry yeah, Eric's I crying. cried like a motherfucker, man. Also, My- when that when that one lady hits the high note in uh, oh, "Let It Be," yes. that just mm. like you, there's no way yep. like the emotions just have to re- like pour out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so fucking good. Um, Anyways, we got some people to thank. Yeah, we do. We got a list of folks. Um, we'll read them now. It's our Patreon members. We love them all. Uh, we've got founding member Hannah Christ, who's on a plane right now coming home. Uh, my friend Peter Bianco. I think I said it last time I owe you a phone call. I still owe you that phone call because I suck at that. <laughs> but I will call you. Uh, we've got Brian Gower from the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast. Um, then our, our good friend, Mr. Will Lehu, who's the co-host of our Just Surprise Me podcast. Um, and we've got Mr. Tony DeGraw. Um, he of the Signal Path Facebook group and the podcast and a, and a frequent guest on Just Surprise Me and, a, and an excellent human. And we also have Mr. Michael McVeigh. So we've got two Tennesseans in our uh, Patreon group, which is pretty cool. Tennessee well represented. And that's it. Those Absolutely, are the folks. man. And and let us also take this opportunity to thank uh, show sponsor Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. And uh, thanks again to new sponsor this month of the show, um, the Pinball Lounge, uh, Central Florida's number one place for pinball in Oviedo, Florida. Check them out, man. Pinball pin <laughs> pinball <laughs> lounge dot com. Uh, Incredible stuff, man. If you're into uh, vintage pinball machines, they got everything under the sun. Nice. Yeah, I yep. want to check that place out. That sounds really fun. Um, what do we got coming up next, Doug? Yeah, we've got a we've got a movie probably no one's seen, but <laughs> I think it's very funny. Uh, it's very quirky. It's got some really. It's got a really great cast. Uh, faces you'll instantly recognize and. Some that you'll go, hmm, I know that person from something. And, you know, there's about 10 of those people in this movie. It's called The Death of Stalin. Um, it's, it's a quirky comedy from 2017. Um, 
it, it was a fun movie, so I figured I'd throw it in there and maybe turn some people on to it. Um, I think everybody, not everybody will dig it, but, you know, I think people will dig it. So that's our next movie. Nice. You can turn me on anytime you want, Doug. Uh, I, I know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, so, it's uh, both a gift and a curse. <laughs> right. Uh, so thank you guys for, for staying with us. If you did make it all the way through all four parts, we really appreciate it. Hopefully we brought a little joy. You got to do some sing-alongs with us. Yeah. I know in the beginning we were kind of trying to behave and be quiet, but towards the end it was an all-out fucking we're singing along with this shit. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Um, if I don't know when this comes out, but uh, if it's not the Orlando trip yet that we're down there, come join us in Orlando at MyCon. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, yes, March man. 26th. March 26th, MyCon. Come see us. Uh, we're doing a live show, and uh, we would love to see you out there. I'll have an art booth out there as well, so if you'd like to buy some stuff, always welcome. Come get some, uh, some swag, some stickers from our show, from... Uh, Doug and Joe's pedal companies. We're, we'll have all that stuff on site. So, yeah. I'll be traveling then, back with some art. I can tell you that. And it is will, before uh, this drops. Before this drops the oh, week nice. before we're together. So sweet. So um, we will also uh, be doing some karaoke afterwards. Maybe we'll do some Beatles songs. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? That's all I thought about today when we're watching the movie. <laughs> I'm like. I, I want to do this song. No, I want to do this song. Yeah. No, I want to do this song. So well, Doug, just whatever yeah. you do. Don't let me down. <laughs> nah, you, I'm going to do it, man. I've been wanting to do it for a long time, and I'm going to get just drunk enough to have a good time. Hell yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, because you like won't have to drive anywhere. Fucking so. crow. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a crow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, that's pretty much how well I'll sing. So, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. guys, there's only one thing left for us to do. Lights. Camera. Fuck off. Hey, you guys want to uh, grab a beer? Oh, always. S- sounds good to me. All right, I got a spot. Hourglass hey. Brewing in Longwood, Florida. I don't know. Now, listen, Doug, I know you're from out of town. This is the place I go for all my local craft beer. Delicious, 40 beers on tap. And the best part is it's a haven for nerds like me, like you. Yeah, the 240-seat Longwood Tap Room. They stock that with nerd nostalgia, video games, board games, cornhole boards. They even have a dog-friendly patio. You can't beat that. I absolutely love it. I mean, I feel like I know this this uh, establishment just from Eric's Instagram and Facebook because he's there a lot. Um, they support his art and the local artists in the area. And uh, I'm excited. The first time I get back down to Florida with these two guys, uh, we're heading over there. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Yes, the art, the arcades, the pinball machines. There is uh, literally an homage painted on the wall to uh, Rick Moranis and Spaceballs. I mean, what more can you ask for in a brewery? Hourglass Brewing, Longwood, Florida. Uh, Check it out. Go there. They are sponsors of the show. They support us. Go support them. Mm-hmm.